Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. Luke chapter 2, look at verse 40. This is when Jesus Christ is around 12 years old. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Have you lost Jesus? Have you lost Jesus? And I'm going to preach to you this morning, losing Jesus Christ. Losing Jesus Christ. Now, notice it says that the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. They lost Jesus Christ and didn't know it. Now, I want y'all to, uh, to be assured when I say losing Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about losing your salvation in Jesus Christ. That's something you can't do. Even if you wanted to lose your salvation after you're saved, you can't become unsaved. That's like a child saying, I don't want him to be my dad anymore. Tough. That's your dad. You're his kid. That doesn't change. Once you're born again, you can't become unborn. Amen. So when I talk about losing Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about salvation in any, in any regards. I'm talking about your personal walk with Jesus Christ. As you're walking through this world, your personal walk with Jesus Christ, just like Joseph and Mary were walking with Jesus Christ, and then one day they looked up and they had lost Jesus Christ. They had lost Jesus Christ. The child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. They had lost him and didn't know it. I think the saddest thing for a Christian is to be living their Christian life or living their life any kind of way and not have Jesus Christ be a part of any part of their life. That Jesus Christ is not a part of their life in any way. Jesus Christ is not a part of their decision making. When it comes to doing their finances, Jesus Christ is not a part of their decision making what they're going to do on the weekend. Guys, we're not Catholics. And I know I've been hitting the Catholics this morning, but we're not Catholics. We're not going to drink all weekend long and then go to church on Sunday and say, okay, God will forgive me. We shouldn't be living a life like that. God doesn't like that. God wants it 24 hours a day. God doesn't want you being a Christian just in the church. God doesn't want you to show up to church to see Jesus. You should already have Jesus. You should already be walking with Jesus. So the question this morning, have you lost Jesus? Have you lost Jesus? They lost Jesus. They lost Jesus and didn't know it. You might not even realize you've lost Jesus. Somewhere along the way, there in verse 43, somewhere along the way, Jesus went one way and they went another way. And they never realized it. And it took them a while to realize, hey, where's Jesus? Where is Jesus? See there in verse 43, And as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. They didn't even realize he was gone. That might be the saddest thing for a Christian to be walking through life and know they're saved, but not even realize Jesus Christ is not walking with them. 
They're walking the wrong way. Jesus Christ is over here, and they're over here. Are you with Jesus? Are you walking with Jesus? Or should I say, is Jesus walking with you? I love bumper stickers. But back in the 70s, and I remember in the 80s, they had this bumper sticker that said, God is my co-pilot. Do y'all remember that bumper sticker? And they had, God is my co-pilot. What an ignorant, ignorant thing to say. God is not your co-pilot. God is the pilot. <laughs> Get out of the driver's seat and let God be the pilot. He's not your co-pilot. You're not going around your way and God's going to tell, you're going to let God help you out a little bit. God's supposed to be leading the way. Jesus Christ is not supposed to be walking with you. You're supposed to be walking with Jesus Christ. You know, in Sunday school, we were talking about the light of the world, and it said that he said that you'd be walking in the light. You're walking in the light. And if you're not walking in the light, you're walking in darkness. You know what that implies? You're either walking with Jesus Christ and having his light, or you're walking over here and he's walking over there. And if he's over there, the light's over there, he's over there, and you're in darkness over here. He's not walking with you. You're walking with Him. Hey, it's not your will. It's His will. You become a Christian. What you've said as a Christian, you said, I take Jesus Christ as my Lord, as my Lord and my Savior. See, a lot of Christians, they want Him to be their Savior, but they don't like for Him to be their Lord. They don't like to think of Jesus Christ being the Lord of their life. They like Jesus Christ to be like a spare tire. Put Him in the trunk. And when I need help, then I'll pull over and I'll pull Him out. But if I don't need help, you stay back there. I don't want to deal with you. I don't want you to to have any control of my life. Just stay back in there. And if I have a flat tire or some bad problem happen in my life, then I'll pull you out. But if I'm not having any problems, then you stay there. I see this all the time at funerals. People don't care about Jesus Christ at all until death stares them in the face. Then all of a sudden death shows up and death knocks on the door and one of their loved ones is took home. And all of a sudden, these people start thinking about death. Their death. All of a sudden, it becomes real. And you'll have people at funerals say, I'm going to come to your church. I'm going to come hear you preach. I'm going to come to your church. You know how many people have said that to me at funerals and come to my church? Zero. Are they all liars? Nope. I don't think they're lying. They come up to me and they mean it. No, honestly. They have a sincere heart. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to their heart. And they mean it. They say, I, I need to get in church. I need to get Jesus Christ. I need to be around Jesus Christ. And then when they get away from the church and the devil gets into their life again and they get away from the funeral and the devil starts working on them, they turn on the TV and they get coddled and and they get pampered and they start forgetting about what was going on and they start entertaining their flesh and uh, and then all of a sudden it just all goes away. And then I I can put that to the back and now I'm not worried anymore and the fear is gone and I don't know if I... And then it's okay. And then they just forget about it. Until the next bump in the road comes. Jesus Christ should be the Lord of your life. And if you don't have Jesus Christ and you've lost Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian and you lost Jesus Christ, it's not because Jesus Christ lost you. It's because you've left Jesus Christ. He never left you. He's going the same way. You decided to leave Him. Let's get that straight. Look at verse 43 again. When they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. It took them one day to lose Jesus Christ. One day. Guys, I'm here to tell you this morning, it could be one decision that could have you lose Jesus Christ. You need to be vigilant 
You need to be guardful. You need to be prayerful. You need to be watching. You need to be sober. You need to be vigilant like the Bible says. Your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. You need to be watching to make sure that you don't get attacked. Because it can be one day you can lose Jesus Christ. One day. You know what that means? One decision. There could be one decision that's coming up in your life. You're going to make one decision that can make you lose Jesus Christ. And it might be days before you realize you lost Him. One decision. There's one path that Jesus Christ kept going this way, and they decided to go that way, and there they lost Him. There could be one sin that you could commit that you're going this way, and that one sin could just cut you off of Jesus Christ and lead you away from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ never left you, but your decision will lead you away from Him. It's happened in my life. I've done things in my early Christian life that one decision led me away from Jesus Christ. Got out of church, wasn't doing what I should be doing. One decision. There's people you know in your life, in the flesh, that have made one decision that's ruined their life for a lifetime. Maybe a child that wasn't meant to be had. Maybe a decision to be with the wrong partner that ruined their life. One decision you can make could cost you to lose Jesus Christ. One decision. Have you lost Jesus Christ? You know, uh, Billy Graham had something really good to say, and I wanted to read it, about America and how we are. He said here, Billy Graham said this, America is said to have the highest per capita boredom of any spot on earth. We're supposed to be the most bored people in the world. We know that because we have the greatest number of artificial amusements of any country. Instead of a church being on every corner, there's a theater on every corner. Instead of a Bible in every house, there's a TV in every house. There's more TVs in houses than Bibles in America. Amen. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. When some, when some young couple moves into a new house, and 99 times out of 100, they're not even married, by the way. They move in and start shacking up together. The first thing they try to do is get a TV. They don't know them say, we need to try to find us a Bible. Or we need to try to find us a good church home. The very first thing they talk about is, we need to get us a TV. We can't live without TV. Why is that? Billy Graham has good reason. He says, people have become so empty that they can't even entertain themselves. They can't even entertain themselves. Okay, so Billy Graham says, people have to pay. Listen, people have to pay other people to amuse them, to make them laugh, to try to make them feel warm and happy and comfortable for a few minutes. Does that not sound like America? How much money is spent on entertainment out of this church right here? On DVDs, on movies, on going to the movies, on theater, on music that's not Christian. Out of this church right here, how much money do you figure spent every year? More than we want to admit. Look at this. He says this. People have to pay other people to amuse them, to make them laugh, to try to make them feel warm and happy, to comfortable for a few minutes, to try to lose, to try to lose that awful, frightening, hollow feeling, that terrible, dreaded feeling of being lost and alone. That's why they're doing it. Guys, we're not lost and alone. We have Jesus Christ. Amen. But do you? That's why there's so many Christians that are depressed. If you're a Christian, you shouldn't be getting depressed. If you're getting depressed because you're getting away from Jesus Christ. Because in Jesus Christ is all joy and happiness and peace. And if you're not happy and joyful, you're away from Jesus Christ. He's not away from you. You're away from Jesus Christ. You've lost Jesus Christ. 
I wanted to read this to you too, and I think this is kind of interesting. It's about the universities. How our universities, our education system has lost Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. Harvard was established by Christ and the church. That's, that was the title, Christ and the church. William Mary, that the Christian faith might be propagated. That's how they were established. John Harvard, this is what he said. Let every student be plainly instructed to consider well the main ends of his life and studies to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, and therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation of all knowledge and learning. Let everyone seriously set himself by secret prayer to see Christ as Lord and Master. That's how Harvard was started. You say, well, that's just Harvard. Now listen to the, this is the first president of Princeton, and then I'll leave it alone, okay? I'll leave it alone after this. Listen to this. This is the very first president of Princeton. Cursed be all learning contrary to the cross of Christ. Cursed be all learning not coincident with the cross of Christ. Cursed be all learning not subservient to the cross of Christ. Amen. That's a preacher. No, that's not a preacher. That's the president of Princeton. The first president. And now you go to these colleges, William Mary, Harvard, Princeton. They're more liberal than any college. They've lost Jesus. They've lost Jesus. Verse 44, Luke chapter 2, verse 44. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. Another thing you need to know about losing Jesus, you don't need to rely on your family and your friends to keep up with Jesus. You need to keep up with Jesus. This is a personal relationship between Jesus and you. You don't need to know Jesus is okay because grandma tells me Jesus is okay. You don't need to have somebody else tell you how great Jesus is. You need to know how great Jesus is. Amen. You need to know. You need to know how great Jesus is. You don't need to let me be a mediator between you and Jesus. You don't need to let anybody be a mediator between you and Jesus. Guys, it's about you and Jesus. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And what they do is they turn and say, have you seen Jesus? And they go to their kinfolks and they go to their acquaintances. They go to their family. They go to their friends. Hey, that's your job. That's not your preacher's job to keep you close to Jesus Christ. That's not your Sunday school teachers. That's not your mom or your dad or your wife or your husband. Anybody you know's job to keep you close to Jesus Christ, that's your job to keep close to Jesus Christ. That's your job. You need to pray to Him. You're the one that needs to pray to Him, to seek Him, to talk to others about Him. You need to be able to say, My Jesus. Amen. Amen. You need to talk about Jesus like He's your Jesus. Is He your friend? Is He your Savior? He's your Savior? You know, Jesus was a good man. No, Jesus is a good man. <laughs> See the difference? Jesus was a great man of God. Jesus is a great man of God. Amen. See, when you say was, it puts Him way out here. But when you say is, is, is. See, that's what makes the Bible so amazing. When Jesus Christ is walking around, how He talks, he talks like this. I am the bread of life. I am the way. See, he is the great I am. See, when you say I am, that says the before, the here, and the after. Moses, you tell him, I am sent you. I am that I am. Like the black preacher said, I just is. Amen. 
He is the Savior. He is my friend. He is Jesus. He's mine. Can you say that this morning? Or have you lost Him? Have you lost Him? But they supposed Him to have been in the company when a day's journey, and they sought Him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. In verse 45, when they found Him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking Him. You know what's amazing about when they lost Jesus Christ? Look up at, back up at verse 41. Now His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. They lost Jesus Christ at a religious meeting. They lost Jesus Christ at a religious meeting. What does that mean? What that says to you is you can be in church every Sunday. You can be in church every time the doors open and you could have lost Jesus Christ. Don't tell me every time you come in these doors to sit down in the church that you've been right with Jesus Christ. (laughs) Come on, guys. Every time you've walked in this church, you've been right with Jesus Christ. Every time you've sat down to sing songs about Jesus Christ, you've been right with Jesus Christ. Are we being real this morning or are we going to be fake? I can't tell you every time I've got behind this pulpit that everything's right between me and Jesus Christ. There's times I got back here that things weren't right between me and Jesus Christ. But I knew I better get up there and do what I was supposed to do because this is where Jesus Christ wants me to be. And I better be following Him. This is where He's going to be. This is where He's going to be. But you can lose Him at a religious meeting. Maybe you don't read your Bible like you used to. Maybe you don't pray like you used to. Maybe you don't sing the songs with a heart like you used to. I don't know what y'all did this last year. I hope and pray that y'all tried to read your Bible as much as you could this last year. Man, I only got one week amen out of that. Hey, that's okay. That's between you and the Lord. This is a good time. You want to make a good New Year's resolution? Read the Bible. We give you all the opportunity. We give you all the ability to do it. If you're in this church and you try to come to this church as often as you can, you're going to hear me preach the Word of God. And we're going to put an importance on this Word of God right here. And you're going to be encouraged to read your Bible. And this chart right here, this daily Bible reading chart, this chart right here will help you get through your Bible in a year. It'll tell you everything you need to read starting on January the 1st. January the 1st, read Genesis chapter 1 through 3. You know what, how long it'll take you to read your Bible? It'll take you around 15 to 30 minutes a day to read your Bible in a year. 15 to 30 minutes a day. You think you could take 15 to 30 minutes out of your day to read your Bible? Let me ask you a question. You think you could take 30 minutes to watch TV? You know you do. What's more important? Being out in the world, listening to what the world wants to tell you, listening to what the devil wants to put into your brain, or getting around the Word of God, getting around Jesus Christ, getting around close to Him, finding out what He has to say. That's why we've lost our Jesus Christ. Because see, this is where Jesus Christ is at right here. He's right in here, see. This is where he's at. He's not on TV. He's not in the entertainment. You can't even get good entertainment anymore. You say, well, I can't read very well. Well, you know what? I wasn't a very good reader when I started. This right here was designed by my good brother, Wade Lowry. This chart is different than this chart. And the main difference is, is this. And we made this for Brother Raymond and some other people we know. This chart allows you to read the Bible at your own pace. It doesn't tell you how much to read. It just lets you keep track of what you have read. So if you started on January the 1st, you say, I'm only able to read one chapter. There you go. Mark off the chapter 1. It might take you three years to read your Bible, but you're working on it, and you're reading it, and you're getting something out of it, and you're doing something for the Lord. And I've told you, that's where the Lord's at right there, in your Bible. I can't encourage you enough to read your Bible daily, daily. 
And when they found him not, look at verse 45. When they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. Here's the secret to finding Jesus after you've lost him. Turn him back. Repent. Repent. That's what repentance means. Repentance means a change of mind, a change of direction. You were going this way and you say, I repent, I turn around, I'm going to go back this way. So what happens was they're, they're going along and they realize, where's Jesus? We've got to go find Jesus. So they turn around and they go back to find Jesus. Friends, if there's a sin that's made you lose Jesus, you need to repent of that sin. Amen. If there's a sin that's keeping you from reading your Bible, you need to repent of that sin. If TV is keeping you from reading your Bible, you need to turn that sucker off. For 30 minutes? You can't find 30 minutes? Man, the Lord's going to judge us. The Lord's going to judge us when we get to heaven. You realize there's brothers and sisters in Christ over in China. They've got one Bible for the whole church. And they cut that Bible into pieces. And some members get to take one part home, and some members get to take one part home, and they, they split it up. Remember, gets to take the Gospel of John home. Somebody else, Brother Gary and Sister Patsy, they get to take the Gospel of Luke home to read it. And that's how they, they separate the Word of God, and they get to borrow it from each other. Every one of y'all have a Bible. And it came to pass, verse 46, And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Where did they find Jesus? In the temple. You know where you're going to find Jesus? In the church. You're going to find Jesus in the church. You know why? Because that's where His people are. Amen. Amen. You know who Jesus loves? Me. He loves me. He loves you. And He loves you. And He loves you. You know where I'm at right now? Around other people He loves. Do you know where He's at? When two or more are gathered together in my name, I'll be in the midst of them. Jesus is here this morning. That's where you're going to find Jesus. You know another reason why Jesus is here? This is one of the only places that Jesus Christ gets glorified. Seriously. He doesn't get glorified on the TV. They make fun of Him on TV. But right here in this building, right here amongst us, He can sit down and He can enjoy hearing His name get glorified. He can hear His name get praised. He gets the glory. He gets the praise. We're singing songs about Him. They're not singing songs about him out there. So anybody tells you you don't need to go to church, you better watch who's talking to you. Because right here is where you're going to find Jesus Christ working. Right here is where Jesus Christ is going to be. And when they went back looking for Jesus Christ, they found him in the temple. Let's take that doctrinally, doctrinally, one step further. Where is the temple today? It's your body. The temple is your body. Jesus Christ is in you. Friends, you don't have far to go to find Jesus Christ again. He's right there with you. He's living in you. His light is in you. He's in you. You might have lost Him, but He's right there. It's real easy to get Him back. It's real easy to talk to Him. He's right there. He's right there. Doctrinally speaking, that's amazing. Verse 46, And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And verse 47, And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. I got a question for you, another question for you this morning. Honestly, think about this. When is the last time you've been astonished and amazed by Jesus Christ? 
When is the last time that you just sat down and were astonished and amazed about how wonderful Jesus Christ is? That's why you've lost Him. That's why you've lost Him. You've lost Him because you forgot just how amazing Jesus Christ really is. You've lost Him because you've not love with Him anymore. You lost love for Him. Your heart has started loving things out in the world. TV and movies and working and reading books and playing video games. and You're, you're, you're loving everything the devil has to offer. And you just don't have a place for Jesus Christ in your heart right now. Look at Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2 verse 4. Jesus Christ is writing these churches, these letters. These are letters to the church, guys. These are letters to the church, not to lost men and women. These are to people that know Jesus Christ, that believe in Jesus Christ. These are letters to the church. And notice there were different churches. And he's writing letters to the church. And I pointed this out in some of my other sermons. He didn't write letters to individuals sitting at home on the couch not going to church. He wrote letters to people going to church. Different churches, buildings. They were gathering together. People gathering together. Be it in houses or buildings. Where were they going? Bodies of believers. We call them churches, organizations. He's writing letters to them. Not to those that are sitting at home not going to church. And this is what he has to say to you. The ones in Ephesus, he said in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Have you left your first love? Your first love should be Jesus Christ. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. He'll just take that church out and just do away with it. Our first love and foremost should be the Lord thy God. Our first love should be Jesus Christ. Above all else, above your husband, above your wife, above your kids, Jesus Christ should be your first love. The problem with Christians today is they've got Jesus Christ about fifth or sixth down on their list of love. Like I said earlier, he's like the spare tire. When I was going through my depression, and I was very depressed and going through my divorce, I called a dear uh, pastor friend of mine named Chad Reese. I was talking to Chad Reese, and you know, when somebody's down and out, there isn't nothing you can say, you know? You know what I'm saying? You, you try to help them out, you try to say the thing, but there's really nothing you can say to somebody. And you try to say, hey, you know, it'll be okay. You know, you're going to get over it. Yeah, and you, you know, they want to hear that, need to hear it, but really, I mean, how, you know, there, there's really, you just... You just want to love on them, but there's really not a whole lot to say. And you don't know what to say, amen. And he didn't know what to say to me. And I didn't know what, he, I wanted, I didn't know what I wanted him to say to me. But the Lord, through him, spoke to me. And old Chad Reese said, I don't know what to say to you, Brother Keegan. I know I love you. And I don't know what to say to you. But the only advice I can tell you is, you need to fall back in love with Jesus Christ. You need to fall back in love with Jesus Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, that's the best advice anybody gave me. That struck me to the heart. Would I have been as depressed if Jesus would have left me? I was so down because my wife had left me. I was so down because I thought I was losing everything. But when I realized my first love should be Jesus Christ, it don't matter who leaves me. If I've got Jesus Christ. 
If I've got Jesus Christ, and I know Jesus Christ, and I love Jesus Christ, all the other stuff can go away. I don't care if I lose my house, or my car, or my wife, or my kids. If I've got Jesus Christ, that's all that matters to me. Because my first love, my true love, should be Jesus Christ. And that changed my life. And Jesus Christ said there in Revelation, you need to go back to your first love. You've lost Jesus Christ because you started putting your love on other things. And you forgot your first love. And that first love should always be Jesus Christ. Always be Jesus Christ. A rich man that had a, a, a lot of property, but he had no relatives. He had nobody to, that was going to be leaving any of this property to. And they had a big auction. And it, uh, years ago, he had, a, he had a son that died at a young age in this estate sale. They sold the stuff on the property, and there was this one picture of his son, and it was hanging there, and nobody wanted it, nobody bid on it. No, who wants a picture of somebody else's son, amen? But this one old lady showed up, she was in rags, and she, this is a true story. She showed up, and she didn't have much money, and she bid on that picture, and she won that picture for a little bit of nothing. And somebody at the auction asked her at the auction, why did you want that picture of somebody else's son? And she said, years ago, I was the nurse to this young boy, and I loved him so much. I loved him so much. And then he died. And she took that picture home and she was going to hang that picture on her wall and she got to filling around on the back of the picture and there was a lump on the back of the picture. And she cut the back of that picture open and on the back of that picture was a will. And inside that will was a man that owned all that, that rich man that owned all that property. And that will says, I want to give everything I own to the one that bought this picture that loved my son. And an old lady inherited all that man ever owned because of her love, her love for that father's son. That's me and you. Do you love the son? Do you love the son of God? I'm here to tell you, if you'll fall and put all your love on Jesus Christ, God's going to put all His love on you. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.